You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 179. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. You have reached another Local Maximum. Today, we've got Aaron on the show again. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, had, a, had a great 4th of July. I hope everybody listening did yes. as well. Happy Fourth of July, everybody listening in or, the or United I say States. Independence Day. Yeah. Well, one of my international friends on Twitter was complaining that Fourth uh, of July is becoming an international holiday, and uh, not everybody likes that. But uh, yeah, well, actually, actually uh, <laughs> that's uh, th- this was also uh, right around my seventh anniversary, uh, and and we did our honeymoon in Ireland, and we were there for the Fourth of July. Uh, and I'm trying to remember which town it was. Was it maybe it was Kilkenny? Um, we came through, and there was a Fourth of July parade in an oh, Irish wow. town. I didn't know that. I, we were That's not expecting cool. that at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, for those of you who feel excluded because we're talking about the United States today, we're going to really exclude you because we're going to go hyper local and talk about New York City politics. But America's least uh, favorite city. <laughs> oh come on! Don't, well, <laughs> it's the I, city we all love to hate. I'm tired of defending it. but uh, And why am I still talking about New York City? I'm gone. But um, no, we're talking about ranked choice voting. So that has more broad implications in terms of voting systems and, um, and social choice and electorates, electorates in general and democracy in general. So hopefully uh, there will be more general takeaways on this. Plus, right. this, learning about New York is inherently interesting. This is, this is one of the first, uh, you know, r- regardless of how politically important New York City is at the national scale, this is the, the first oh, really is. large scale uh, test drive of ranked choice voting that we've seen. Everywhere else, it's, it's been smaller elections or smaller states, but this is, this is a big deal. Uh, and uh, I think we can safely say at this point, results may be mixed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, So I just got back last week from Pork Fest, which is a liberty oriented festival in uh, in northern New Hampshire. So that was a lot of fun. I'll probably talk about that more on a solo show maybe uh, next week. So a lot of interesting stuff that came out of that. A lot of uh, former guests on the local maximum. But um, why don't we just get right into the New York City election today? Um, So first of all, how many points did you win for uh, uh, betting against Yang on Metaculus uh, for the prediction. So I, I remember six months ago, everyone thought Andrew Yang was going to be the next mayor of New York City. Yeah, he was, he was polling strongly because yeah. he had all that name recognition coming out of the presidential election. Uh, and, yeah. and he was uh, he was leading. Uh, that that did not stay the case for long. Um, so I, I did win points. Uh, I, I knew didn't it. completely biff it. Uh, but I, I came away with a uh, not so impressive 16 points because my my final prediction was uh, 45% odds for Yang a Yang victory, which uh, given that they didn't lock that until uh, I, I guess until Yang actually officially dropped out, I, I was really leaving some some uh, points on the table. I should have revised that down significantly in the last yeah. weeks re- leading up. Even I feel like I should have re- revised mine down. I had him at 20% and I got 141 points is good, but I was just like, you know. 
On Metaculus, they were saying 60%, and I'm like, no, I know how the Manhattan Democratic Party works. This is not going to happen. Very unlikely. But um, then I looked at the 60%. I was like, "Uh, maybe some people know more than me. I don't know. But uh, it turned out, no, no, they I haven't looked recently. Uh, Do do you know if the predicted markets were were kind of in line with Metaculus here, or or were we seeing a split in... Uh, kind of the demographics of who participates there. They were until like a few weeks before the election. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, I remember this last time, and by last time I mean 2013, which is the last time de Blasio won in a crowded field. And it was really, you know, he basically started to run away with it only in the last couple of weeks of the election when all of the Democrats start closing ranks. So that's how it works. Um, it, it, it's not necessarily the person with name recognition going into it. Yeah, well, there's, there's a um, reason for that a local in, election in presidential politics. They talk about the October surprise because there's yeah. there's a lot that can happen in the last week or two leading up to the election. OK, yes. So um, the interesting thing about this election, well, first of all, we don't have a winner yet and it's been almost two weeks. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. <laughs> this is the first ranked choice vote. Among the Democratic candidates, it took place on June 22nd, uh, still no winner. Curtis Lewa won among the Republicans, founder of the Guardian Angels and talk radio host for many years. Uh, he won with 68% of the vote among Republicans. But again, that election had only like 30,000 voters, whereas the Democratic election had like 800,000 voters. 30, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe a little more actually, but, but it's still, it's, it's under a hundred thousand, it's like tens of thousands on the Republican yeah, that's, side. That's on the high end of being able to call it yeah. just an order of magnitude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, okay. So how does ranked choice voting work in New York city? You know, I, I used to say, I still kind of agree with it. They, uh, they, they, they removed the worst voting system and replaced it with the second worst with the, this, uh, ranked choice voting. The worst being our uh, traditional first past the poll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, every every election has some complications in it that, you know, and, and this one's included in terms of who gets on the ballot and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the way ranked choice works in New York City is there are 13 candidates and you can rank them. And uh, basically whoever and, and it's your first place uh, choice that matters. So it does matter who gets your first place slot because the person with the lowest number of first place votes ends up getting eliminated and then their votes get reallocated. So, uh, you know, basically the, in the next round, um, whoever's eliminated, if you still have someone who's uneliminated on your ballot, then whoever is highest up on your ballot gets counted as your vote in the next round. Uh, so it's, it's essentially first past the post, but you get to reallocate your vote if your person doesn't make it out on top. Um, and so uh, I don't know if I explained that correctly. Um, also, uh, another aspect of uh, the New York system is you could only rank five candidates. So you can't rank all 13. Um, so you do want to make sure that on your ranking – uh, some of the people on your ballot are actually people who make it to one of the last rounds so that you get a say in that. So yeah, you, so you want to. There's still yeah. very much a concern about, oh, you know, wasting your vote because you, you could right. conceivably fill out a ballot uh, where you rank your five top choices and, and none of them uh, even get counted because they're so far below the threshold that they all get discarded. Right. And I think that happened to a lot of people. The strategy for this makes a lot of sense if you are or, or is a lot simpler 
if you have, say, a two-candidate election with some very unpopular third-party candidate, not unpopular but not well-known, who has an issue that you really care about, you can vote for that little-known candidate in the first slot, and then in the second slot, uh, choose the candidate among the, the top two popular ones who you, you, you would prefer to win. So that's, that's kind of one thing that you can do if, if it's, if it's a, a simple, like, you know, two-party with some minor parties uh, race. But right. that, that, that in this case— mechanic is still in play here. It's just that with so many people on the ballot and, and with yeah. them— you know, even if they hadn't capped it at, at you can only rank five, who can reasonably uh, research and rank, uh, what did you say, it was 13 different candidates that right. that it, it, it's it's overloading the, uh, the you know, the, the load bearing capabilities of such a system. Yeah. And, and you, you're not just it's all the same party. So you really right. have to do research on each one. Um, and we'll get into a second on the, the demographics of who voted for what, according to the Times and the Post and all that. I'm not, I didn't go into all the numbers myself. Um, so another point is generally thought that the winner of this Democratic Party wins the election in New York. For 20 years, New York voted for non-Democrats. Uh, you know, uh, Giuliani, a Republican, and, and Bloomberg was a Republican and then became an independent. You know, the, the general sense is those days are over. It's all Democrats from here on out. Um and there are there is at least some diversity of thought in the Democratic primary, probably not enough, but um, it sort of makes me think, well, maybe they should just have this be one nonpartisan race if you're going to do it like that. Uh, but um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, there, there are definitely a lot of cities across the country uh, that that do have nonpartisan races for, you know, mayor or uh, or or select p- people. Uh, or, or or whatever their their particular system of government is, but not so much for the large cities. You know, your your New York City being, uh, I think, the largest city in in the United States. You know, you, right? Cities like that, or Boston, or or Los Angeles. You you're not going to see a nonpartisan race anytime soon there without a major restructuring of the system. Yeah. Also, the Democratic Party in New York City, they get to decide, you know, who gets the jobs and the new administration and all that. So they want to be in control of the process, even if. Everybody in New York City joins the Democratic Party and votes in this. Uh, they would prefer that they're the gatekeepers. Yeah, I, uh, so, I suppose which if your is city also, is is the recipient of federal funds on any significant scale, there there is a uh, a game to be played with being uh, partisan is is I feel like is too loaded a term, but but being politically aligned rather than being a nonpartisan uh, office yeah. holder. That, that's also why I, I I thought you know Yang wasn't going to win because he's not um, he didn't put in his time in the Democratic Party in New York City, and I, he wouldn't, like, play by their rules necessarily, so... Yeah, uh, I, I was about was to say, dumb. you could say the same thing about Bloomberg, because... Uh, well, he didn't run he, as a Democrat. Right, that, then that's, 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 that's why I walked it back a little bit, but, but he definitely uh, wasn't... Uh, he, he didn't pay his dues in either political party before he, uh, he right. rose to the mayorship. No, he just had billions and billions of dollars... Uh, so that allowed him to do it. Um, so, okay, let's, uh, with, there are so many things to cover. I'm, I'm interested in the new election system. I want to get into the pros and cons. Uh, first, before we get into that, let's talk about the absolute crap show that is the counting of these ballots. <laughs> so it looks like Eric Adams won the election on election night. Well, actually, I, should I even go through these candidates? So I'm not going to go through all 13 candidates. Maybe I can go through... 
the the four candidates that that four or five candidates that made it out on top and what the uh, you know j- just for those people who are not in the city. So there's Eric Adams, African American. He's generally support former police officer. He's some people say he's a Democrat in name only. Uh, he's supported by minority communities, entrepreneurs. He's considered more pro business, more pro. Uh, law enforcement, and uh, his support comes kind of from the outer boroughs, so yeah, not that's, Manhattan. That's definitely a uh, an interesting cross section of the Democratic base in the yeah. current era to be pro law enforcement and have significant minority support. Um, but maybe that says yeah. something about how New York is different than some other parts of the country, right? No, now. I mean some people are saying that's that's sort of basically it's the it's the white socialist you know true believers that are. That are kind of different. Uh, then you had Catherine Garcia, also still in the running. Uh, she's sort of, I, I call her like the New York Times candidate because she was endorsed by the New York Times. And they say, uh, wealthy, upper class Manhattanites. So, sounds um, very establishment. Yeah, yeah. So Maya Wiley, she's the most closely associated with de Blasio, supported by socialists, AOC. Um, and they said like, you know, far left hipsters who are now all of a sudden far left. Uh, I just thought they wore funny clothes. I didn't know. Okay. But uh, <laughs> you spent too much time in Brooklyn. Yeah. So her voters tend to go to um, Garcia in the second round. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, mainly because, you know, she, her voters don't want Eric Adams. And then finally, the fourth one is Andrew Yang, uh, who's, you guys probably know him from the presidential race. He's also less kind of doctrinaire progressive, but still firmly Democrat. And he actually asked his voters to go to Garcia in second place as well. So it seems like everyone's kind of ganging up on Adams here. Now, um, y- Yang, I know uh, in the presidential election, his his big talking point was was UBI. Um, was yeah. was that part of his platform for New York City as well, or was it more kind of a no. pro business, uh, but but also you know. Pr- some progressive policies platform. Right. So he, so, so that's the thing. He was saying some of the same things that Eric Adams was Mm. saying. He was pro business, pro law enforcement, but he was telling his voters to go to Garcia. And so if you look at the numbers and I'll get into that in a minute, uh, did they listen to him? Uh, A slight majority listened to him and put Garcia uh, down a second, but um, just almost as many put Eric Adams as second. How how does it work? It's a majority, but not a plurality. Yeah. So uh, so so what he asked. So some voters were willing to put him in second place, that, but they weren't willing to listen to him or, or willing to put him in first place, but weren't willing to listen to him in terms of what to rank afterwards. Or it could have been voters that don't particularly liked him, but ranked him like third or fourth and then had one of the other candidates further down the list. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then some of the minor candidates, I guess, um, you know, uh, Scott. Stringer had maybe 5%. He's very similar to Garcia, another Manhattan guy. Uh, Okay, so uh, I just point that because I think I met him once. Um, (laughs) All right. Uh, So anyway, Eric Adams looked like he won on election night. Now we're not sure. They keep releasing unofficial counts, but they're kind of waiting for uh, for official counts because they've got to open up all of the mail-in ballots. And they're like, well, mail-in ballots take 10 days uh, we want to give it 10 days to get in. So it's been 10 days and they closed it. Now they're still trying to count it. They're like, it's going to take us another uh, couple of weeks to count all these. So uh, that that sounds a little bit crazy. Maybe it doesn't have to be like that. Uh, and then secondly, 
<laughs> they released some preliminary results, uh, which, you know, uh, uh, and then like Adam said, well, wh- where do all these, where's all these extra votes coming from? This doesn't make sense. And then uh, some people in the media were um, call, saying, well, that's Trumpian. He's questioning the uh, outcome of the election. And then the uh, election board said, whoops, are bad. We actually added 135,000 votes. These are just test ballots. I don't know what they were testing. Were they doing like a test count beforehand? We don't really know what that means. I, that's kind of what I assume it means. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's okay. kind of the, the steel man uh, assessment there. Yeah. That, that's, that's the most charitable possible uh, right, uh, right, right. determination. And, and yeah, it's, it's easy to see why, why there might be some parallels to Trump here because you've got... Uh, you know, leading in in the uh, in the counts uh, at the close of, of uh, election night, uh, and then it seems yeah. to have been reversed based on uh, mail-in ballots and additional counting, uh, much much like we saw uh, in, in right. November of last year. Although I, I think uh, labeling him as Trumpian may be, uh, uh, but per- perhaps only because it's clearly a pejorative. There uh, is is a little unfair. Oh, yeah. G- given that he was correct to call out, at least in that specific case, uh, there was something fishy in the numbers. Well, they, they rushed to judgment on that. So now a lot of people are spinning this in a lot of different ways. I read the comments on the New York Times, and it's a, uh, <laughs> oh, people are, uh, people are getting all bothered by this, the, the New York <laughs> Times readers. Uh, so some of the spin is that, you know, well, this shows that our election system works because the error ended up getting corrected. So that means that, uh, of course, questioning any other election on the national scale is, is crazy. Um, it does. Okay. It does raise some alarms, though, about what kind of of self checks and and you know what what policies do they have in place to uh, if you know if 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 Eric Adams' campaign hadn't raised an alarm about this, would it have right. just gone un, unchecked, uh, un, uncorrected? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean. There at least should be some kind of investigation into that, you know. Like we can't. Why? Why do we assume that the system is self-correcting? Yeah, this always? this on a long list of things. You know, just yeah. the 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 long time to resolution here in general, and that specific case. Uh, you you want to make sure that at least you don't fail the same way twice. Yeah. Also, like if I'm testing software and I'm finding a lot of bugs. Um, I wouldn't be like, well, look, I'm finding bugs. That means there's no bugs that I didn't find. Is a li- <laughs> that would raise some red flags to me. Um, now, some people are blaming ranked choice voting for this, and it's being conflated. I think that's wrong, but um, that is certainly a, a point of view here because it does seem a little bit more complicated. Uh, another group on the New York Times comment board is like, well, basically their whole thing is like, you know, this is really bad uh, that this is happening because now it gives Trump, ah, Trump, more ammo to question elections. And then, and so that's their whole yeah, well, it's, thing. it's certainly not good optics, but... No, no. And, but that's the one thing they're concerned about. And then, yeah, and then some people think, and, and then their, their main complaint is with ranked choice voting. Um, and they're kind of... Uh, they kind there are some people who are defending ranked choice voting, but they think that all of the critics of what's going on in this election are critical of ranked choice voting and not critical of the other problems with the election boards. They kind of conflate it on the other side, mm. if that makes sense. So, and they're kind of right because some of the critics are overly focusing on ranked choice voting, but then the people who are um, 
then the people are like, well, why are you complaining? Ranked choice voting is fine when it's like, well, there are other things to complain about. Yeah, I mean, for, from a very superficial point of view, uh, they they are correct in that this is the fault of ranked choice voting, because if they kept the old system, they they know how to do it. We would certainly have a result by now. Um, but Well, but not necessarily. Un- well, they could have still added test ballots and uh, they still had to wait for uh, the mail-in ballots to come in. I, I, I suppose that's true. Uh, but, but I think ostensibly, uh, it, it would have been, you know, a, a non-news story. Uh, it would have just, just been another New York city election. Um, right. And, 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 but that's not really a fair, uh, fair yardstick to measure this against g- given yeah, that, yeah. that, you know, this is the new system. Uh, say, Saying that it's a bad system because we didn't do a good job at it is not a good argument to convince me we should go back to the old one. Right. So there, I, I, I did make a comment on Twitter that I want to discuss, which is I said, you know, there's a strong case to be made for ranked choice voting, um, at least over plurality voting. But if you don't have timely, accurate, and trusted results, timely meaning you don't take weeks and weeks to get a res- response, accurate meaning... You know, you're actually getting the real numbers of what people voted for, <laughs> which is important. And trusted, meaning that like people can verify it. People largely uh, trust what you're doing. None of it matters. Like, uh, I'd prefer to have a plurality system with those three things versus uh, a ranked choice or any other system without those three things. So, uh, you know, if it's it's if they don't get this right, the the voting system to me uh, doesn't matter nearly as much because it's not a you know it it, it, it it's not a sound democracy if you don't have if, if you don't have trustable elections yeah and and, and those of you who are uh, in the in the locals uh, local maximum uh you you would have seen that there was some discussion of that particular tweet uh earlier was that that over the weekend yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, did I say I said tanked choice voting? I didn't well, say yeah. ranked choice voting. That I, was an accident. I, I thought that might have been a, a, a bit of a Freudian slip. Although, <laughs> well, you, you, you mentioned the, the what is it, the Board of Elections uh, and, and their yeah. role in here. I, I don't think you're uh, implying that they've, they've, they're, they're in the tank for a particular candidate, uh, but they certainly have some influence here. I mean, you know, the the Post and the Times are writing about the Board of Elections. They seem to be in agreement that there's something really wrong there where, you know, I, I've been reading and I don't understand as, as much as I should on on this, but like I've been reading, oh, there's like there's nepotism and they're collecting all this overtime. And I don't know. It, it just sounds like a big, big problem. Um, OK, so uh, so first. First, I'll defend ranked choice maybe a little bit uh, before we get into the mathematics of what is happening here. Uh, so, like Tucker Carlson, the, the, one of his takeaways is like he he hates ranked choice voting, and the way he put it is it's because the losers get to pick the winners. I think that's a direct quote. And actually, some of the people in the New York Times comment board have been saying the same thing. Well, it's not fair because the losers get to pick the winners, and I just think that is such a um that's like just such a bad take that's like not really what's going on here so if your candidate gets ousted you know you're not the loser you still have a valid ballot and even if uh, it was plurality you probably would have picked a different 
uh, you know, first choice if it was plurality. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's not a perfect metaphor, but or perfect analogy, but uh, I kind of think of it like, uh, you know, on the playground in uh, in middle school when you're when you're picking teams for for softball or whatever, you know. Okay. I, Maybe there's a particular uh, player who would be my first choice, uh, but they get picked by the other team. That doesn't mean that I just don't get to pick. I, I get to make my next best pick from the available candidates. Uh, right, and, right. And, and that's not the you know the the losers getting to pick the winners. It's <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Ag- agreed that the metaphor doesn't doesn't hold up a hundred percent, but yeah, it's like if you go to the store to said for that. and you have to buy milk, and you say, well, if you can't get two percent, just get low fat. If you can't get low fat, just get whole milk. Like people can do. I feel like any competent person can so do no, a ranking. No, if there's not two percent, then you get no milk. You will <laughs> drink no water milk. and you'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but. A, a valid ballot is a valid ballot, and, our, and ranked choice voting, it, it, it doesn't mean the losers get to pick the winners just because your first choice is somebody who's out of the mainstream. Yeah, there, there, there are, that, there are st- structural is maybe not the right term, but there, there are inherent downsides to ranked choice voting. But I, I, I think what, what, what I guess Carlson and, and you're saying some of the people on the New York Times uh, comment boards have pointed out, that's not really one of them. That's, yeah. that, is, that is actually more of a positive to the system they're just a little salty about it for some reason (laughs) right well he gets into something where like so there's a lot of like racial politics here where some people are like oh uh ranked choice voting is designed to uh suppress minority votes or and then some people are like oh ranked choice voting is great and then there are other people who are saying well ranked choice voting is great because uh you know it's going to give a stronger voice to minorities and it's just like none of that is true i mean i like 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 you alluded to in our in our earlier discussion, uh, in a in a less crowded field scenario, and and when it's you know not necessarily in a party primary, uh, it can benefit minority parties. Uh, but but we're not talking uh, about we're not talking racial about minorities yeah. there, which I think is is the context of minorities that that they're generally referring to. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, so then there's the argument that the average person doesn't know how to rank, um, or doesn't understand what ranking is, which is. Also, you know, there is a certain level of competence you should have to vote. Uh, And, like, people do understand ranking. I think the problem is, though, when you have 13 candidates, you shouldn't be expected to do research on each and every one of them. But I do think that the average person understands what ranking is. And and that's another thing. Oh, it's so complicated. How do I know, (laughs) you know, is the second place, do I want them more than my third place? I don't know. It's just that that's a lot of the arguments I get against it. Well, it's it's easy to draw that naive conclusion looking at some of the the data too. And and I guess you're going to get into talking about the actual numbers a little bit later. Uh, But but there are a surprising number of ballots uh, that we see that don't have, that that have, you know, no no subsequent choice. Um, And I don't think that's yeah. necessarily because people are filling out ballots and only picking one or two or Some literally are. submitting a completely empty ballot. I, I think it, it has more to do with uh, at that point in the yeah. winnowing down, their subsequent selections have already been eliminated. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, and, and then Carlson is going to say, well, this helps the far left. But de Blasio won in 2013. He might not have won if it were ranked choice voting. He got just I think under 40% of the vote, but everyone who preferred him was probably already on board at that point. And, um, you know, his next best rival, uh, uh, Bill Thompson, maybe could have made a run for it if, uh, 
if, uh, if they had ranked choice voting at the time. But I do want to point out ranked choice voting you know, can't fix certain things. So if your entire electorate is made of complete idiots, I'm not saying <laughs> that that's the case in New York, but it might be. It probably is. It doesn't fix that. Um, and it can't fix a corrupt and incompetent board of elections, which, again, I'm not saying is definitely the case, but it looks like it might be. So uh, uh, there's, uh, there's a problem with that. Um, and uh, I guess my last point is I would prefer a Condorcet method, which, um, and, and, and we'll get into the practicality of doing that, where um, basically the winner is the candidate that beats everyone else head to head. So there's no elimination round. Uh, because the elimination round does kind of force you to think, okay, well, who's going to be in the last round? And I wa want to make sure that one of the candidates that's in the last round I have ranked on my ballot because otherwise um, I'm not going to have a say in that last round. And that makes RCV really kind of th – then you have to be more of a political does, pundit and a – does that, that risk that, that disappear? I don't think does does that risk disappear if we shrink the field and and we no longer have the five out of thirteen scenario? If if it was you know rank your top five and there are only five in the race, does does that become functionally the yes. same or or is there more nuance there? Uh, so so there's more nuance there. So yes, the the problem you're right. The problem that I just stated uh, would not occur if there's like five people in the race and everybody's ranking all five, but you'd still have a problem where, um, let's suppose, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example, like let's suppose you wanted Yang, right? And, uh, or, or you wanted, um, let's suppose you, you didn't really want Yang, you, you, you wrote him low, maybe you put him in second place, okay? Okay. But, but you're, you know, you're um, essentially, uh, 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 he, he, he gets eliminated early. Okay, and your vote uh, didn't help him, so you could have voted. You could have put him at first place, and he wouldn't have gotten eliminated. But because he got eliminated, it could be that somebody worse came up uh, instead of him. I don't know why I picked Yang. I, I think I, I did. No, I did because of the numbers below, which we're going to get to. Because I think this actually happened to people. Whereas um, somebody worse than Yang could come up because you contributed him to, to him getting eliminated by not putting him in the first round. Whereas if you count all the head-to-heads at once, then you don't have that problem anymore. Now, when, when, what do you mean when you say count all the head-to-heads, just to be clear? So, okay. So when you count all the head-to-heads, everybody has their ranking, right? Yep. Then so what I've you got do my, is... my one through five. Right. Great. So then you kind of make a, a five by five box and then just say, okay, let's uh, look at uh, two-party races of any two candidates against each other. And to get the count for that two-party race, you say, okay, people who voted candidate A over candidate B in their ranking voted for A. Anyone who voted B over A voted for B. And then you look at that, and then you'll get a an, an answer as to who won in that head-to-head -head race between A and B. And you gotcha. could do that with any pair of candidates. And typically what happens in, in Condorcet is that... Um, one candidate beats every other, and that's your answer. Now, I, I no, every once in a while, about, uh, yeah. the voting systems on a previous episode uh, is is this the one where you can get into a cycle uh, where yeah. where there's it kind of loops. There's not a clear winner. Yeah, so that that would be pretty rare, but um, especially you know, at the scale we're some... talking here, it seems unlikely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, but um, but again, it's it's. The it's the best of the lot in terms of in terms of preventing 
uh, preventing these types of problems. Now, is, so is you the, have to have it. Is the downside what? What? Since we we did mention before that there are downsides to all these systems, is the downside there yeah. that it's difficult to implement, or or is this more it's difficult to sell to the public? Uh, probably both. Um, I don't think it's difficult to implement, but given the current board of elections in New York City well, yeah. that can't figure out first grade math, uh, it might be difficult to implement. Uh, so um, and and yes, it's difficult to sell to the electorate. You have to have a much. Uh, you have to have an electorate that's at least slightly more sophisticated. Um, and uh, finally, you do have to have a. Uh, some kind of elimination round beforehand where you want a field of candidates that's small enough that everybody could do research in each one, but you want um, as much representation among the candidates as possible. So you don't want them to have all, all be clones of each other. So maybe some kind of proportional representation could happen for that first elimination round. Yeah, so some, some sort of, you know, primary where, you know, maybe you vote for one person and then, uh, and then the, the the top vote getters go on, or something like that. I, I haven't really thought uh, enough about that, but there has to be kind of an open. There has to be some pre-selection where you're um, where you're guaranteed to get uh, a a broad a, a diverse set of candidates, and but small enough to um, to to for people for the average person to be able to research and rank. Yeah, that that sounds like a a new level of hell's uh, nightmare scenario and that we need to have a primary to select the candidates to run in the primary. Yeah. Well, in, <laughs> in this case, it wouldn't be the primary. It would be the final, right. Uh, it would be the final result. Um, now there, there are, you know, things you have to do to get on the primary ballot. So is, maybe if they make that a little tougher, it would be lower than 13. Like who, there's some ridiculous candidates running, um, without diving like, too much into yeah. New York politics. Is, is it yeah. simply a matter of like collect X number of signatures or, or are there a lot more hoops to jump through in, in that process? I, I actually, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Uh, so yeah, but there are certainly hoops to jump through it. It could be, uh, pretty expensive hmm. as well. Um, yeah. So uh, here's another problem with what they're doing. They're actually doing multiple counts. So what they're doing is they're counting all of the first choice ballots. Then they're eliminating the bottom one. And, and, the, and after the first round, that's like two votes for whoever got the bottom one. And then they're counting the whole thing again with those two ballots reallocated. And so instead of doing that, they should actually just publish all of the ballot configurations. So... This is how I see it would work. Uh, you know, so um, what is a ballot configuration? So if I rank five candidates, let's say I rank A, B, C, D, E, that's my uh, configuration. It's A, B, C, D, E. And maybe there are 30,000 people that have that exact same configuration. Your configuration might be B, A, E, D, C, you know, and then so that's a different configuration. Now, could there be too many configurations? If everybody ranks 13 candidates and you had 13 uh, slots, that's 13 factorial configurations. I calculate that's 6.2 billion. And uh, theoretically, every ballot could be unique. I think in reality, you know, there's only 800,000 voters. So theoretically, all 800,000 ballots could be unique. I don't think that's the case. Uh, but um, if you want to rank all 13 candidates, that would be implausible. Now, if you want to rank five candidates, it's actually less crazy because it would be um, 13 choose five, 
if everybody chose five. And then some people aren't going to choose five. Some people are going to choose four, three, two, and one. So that's, uh, you know, there's the mathematical formula for that, right? How do you, how do you take 13 and you, um, you, you choose five, although it's not, it's, it's, um, it's actually, you're not choosing five. It's, it's, it's permutations, not, not combinations, right? So right. it's not just 13 choose five. It's, Cause, uh, cause so order matters. Right. Orders matter. So basically be 13 for your first choice times 12 for your second choice times 11 for your third choice times 10 for your fourth choice, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and times, times nine for your fifth choice, I guess that would be, or yeah. So, um, essentially you, you, you would have, um, only a set number of configurations possible. And basically if you limit it enough, I imagine that, um, again, certain configurations won't be selected. If you have a case where, okay, there are a few hundred different, uh, ballot configurations that we see, you could basically put it all in a spreadsheet, uh, and, um, type in the numbers for each one and uh and then everybody could figure out what the uh what the rankings ought to be based on those answers um did i explain that right or maybe that was a little bit i think so yeah Yeah. then then the only thing we have to argue about is is whether they uh, entered all that data into the spreadsheet if they if they counted them correctly not if they you know did did the math on the analysis correctly because the raw data would be available well then, so once the raw data, yeah, once the raw information is available, then doing the whole system of rounds, or if you do Condorcet, every uh, every one to one matchup, is just a matter of math on the spreadsheet. It should be pretty easy. Right, and and the other um, thing so- that I, I think I neglected to, to to ask you about, but we talked about a little bit before the show, uh, for if if. Let's let's just say that miracle of miracles, uh, the the board of electors or some you know ballot initiative next year changes New York yeah. City to uh, to a Condorcet system. Uh, it, it wouldn't actually change what the ballot looks like to the voter in any meaningful way. They pretty much go through the same process. It's just that how the math is done on the back end would be different. And uh, as 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 you've uh, asserted here, it would it would come up with a uh, a fair uh, result, one that that. Uh, satisfies more voters right right but also more it's than not that, like you have to do than, special additional strategizing to understand yeah. okay how does my vote work in condorcet that you didn't have to do for the you know initial assessment with with uh, ranked choice voting yeah so so it's my understanding with the ranked choice voting they're not actually giving us the ballot configurations they're just giving us the first place counts on each subsequent round right so we don't really know how the ballots are configured, which um, sort of it makes the uh, election process a lot more opaque, less transparent, um, right. which I think is a problem. That 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 maybe uh, at some future date, uh, some some uh, PhD student will have the opportunity to go through all these ballot records uh, and and collect that information and say, you know, and then rerun it and say, okay, if if we had given the same voting, uh, what would the Condorcet result have been? Uh, that would make for a very interesting uh, uh, bit of investigation, yeah. but we don't have but the it, data to do that currently, and and we don't expect exactly. they're going to be releasing it in that kind of a format anytime soon. Uh, uh, At least I not think publicly. once they, uh, once people are satisfied with them for this, I think they're going to be like, ah, oh, we're done. <laughs> we're not, <laughs> yeah, we're I'm, not going to do any more overtime. I'm kind of morbidly curious if if uh, this is a system where like once the election is done, they have to preserve these ballots, you know, in a, a locked and sealed container for. 
you know, X number of years, or if, if the, uh, once the, the election is decided, they uh, ceremonially burn them so that nobody can go back and, and re, uh, relitigate the process. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I do think that, um, yeah, I, I think I think it needs to be more transparent in that regard. Um, and I think that um, there should be a way to uh, make sure that uh, for, for someone to check that their vote actually got counted correctly. So let's get into that uh, a little bit. I wrote some lessons here. Well, before we get into some lessons, let's actually talk about what happened in these elimination rounds, because we're talking a lot in theory about ranked choice voting. Let's actually see what happens in practice. So uh, once you eliminated all the minor candidates. You had four candidates left, right? You had Adams, Garcia, Wiley, and Yang, okay? And among those four, the first one that got eliminated was Andrew Yang. And at that point, he had 111,000 votes uh, uh, for, in his favor. So those got eliminated. 30,000 of those 111,000 did not rank any of the other three candidates left. So those got thrown out. So that's actually something to consider for, uh, for those Yang voters, that they, they did not include uh, any of the voters who were higher in the poll, uh, uh, candidates who were higher in the polls. Right. Um, now that that doesn't asked, mean they just left it blank. Just, or it, it may have, but, but it's, yeah. it seems more likely that their uh, subsequent choices were somebody who'd already been eliminated. Right. And again, we don't know this because we don't know the ballot configurations. So and oh, by the way, these numbers are uh, these include the, the test data that is is false. So it's uh, <laughs> we might have to change them later. But um, see, he asked his voters to go to Garcia uh, of the 111,000 voters, only 36, 37,000 went to Garcia. Now, it's the most, but only 37,000 of 111,000, so that's not that much. And then 31,000 went to Adams. So, yes, his voters helped Garcia a tiny bit, but not much. And then only 12,000 went to Wiley, so I guess they don't want socialism. Um, so, Or maybe a little bit with Garcia, but yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs> Okay, so, so that's what happened. Then the next round, Maya Wiley gets eliminated. Now, in the next round, you had Adams, Wiley, and Garcia. At that point, Wiley and Garcia are almost neck and neck. So this is one of the things that could change on the recount. Um, and that's another problem with ranked choice voting as opposed to Condorcet is that it's not very robust. Like a few votes in a little bit of different configuration can cause the candidates to get eliminated in different orders and then change the entire outcome of the election. Yeah, it, it, it um, cascades down a, a very different uh, branching path. Exactly, exactly. So this is a problem. So Maya Wiley, actually, at that point, when you have three candidates left, she has 227,000 uh, votes. Um, and of those, 78,000, so a little over a third, get thrown out. They did not rank between Garcia and Adams. And then hers were very one-sided between the two remaining candidates. 117,000 went, went to Garcia, and only 31,000 went to Adams, so 117 to 31. So her vote um, tracks heavily to Garcia. Maybe if Garcia gets eliminated first, her second places don't go so heavily to Wiley, so that could help Adams if, uh, if Garcia gets eliminated first. But um, that's just speculation on my part. But I, I, I think that's probably right. And, and at this point, all the votes are in. Uh, you know, they're, not, they're not expecting or accepting any additional mail-in votes or anything like that. 
and they presumably counted them all, but maybe not. Uh, so we're we're still waiting on <laughs> no. official final numbers. Never mind what the breakdown of rounds actually is. Yeah. So the the mail in ballots are closed. They came in, but they're they're apparently going to take a few weeks to count them for some yeah. reason. Well, and it, and so. I I was just looking it up while we were talking, and, and it appears uh, I'm I'm not looking at an actual uh, ballot, but but a you know a, a guide to how to fill out the ballot. And it looks like it's a pretty simple scantron, you know, with you know, you've, you've got the candidates li- listed down the left hand side. And then you've got uh, across the top, you know, ranking first, second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, bu- bubble in the uh, the appropriate ranking next to the, the candidate of your choice. That should so be should pretty be. fast for it. You know, they if, if they can if they can run the SATs through that uh, that scantron machine in a weekend for for that many hundreds of thousands of. Of uh, of high school students, you'd think they could do this. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Like, it 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 seems like all of this should happen automatically. Why is it taking several weeks yeah. to count I, the ballots? Doesn't make that, sense. That said, I fully expect that there are people who filled this out incorrectly, and they you know oh, they, yeah. they they filled out more than one person for their first choice or or things like yeah. that. So there's there's probably plenty of those that need some uh, manual inspection for is this valid, uh, and and if so, how do we count it? Um, we Same haven't heard much SATs. about that because, uh, you know, it's it's not a scenario where you have oh you we've got the uh, the Republican and Democrat poll workers looking over each other's shoulders. It's all no. within the party, so there's yeah. there's not necessarily no, there's still, that uh, that that I've same read, controversy. I've read there is a little bit of that. There's, there's poll washers being like you know no they marked this one and then they marked this one and there's a stray line here and all that. <laughs> um, so okay, uh, some lessons. Some takeaways for me from from actually putting this uh, voting system into practice. First, it's probably best to whittle down the field a little bit before doing rank choice. Um, I don't think it should just be collect more signatures because then you just end up with a bunch of insiders who know how to do that. Mm. You don't end up with like interesting candidates. Um, so. Um, there should be some ways to ensure that all sectors are represented in the field maybe through some kind of proportional scheme, but then again, you, then it's like you have a primary and an election. But, you know, maybe you could have, uh, maybe if ranked choice voting or, or Condorcet voting were the last round, like the not, not the primary, but the main election, maybe you could have a primary that's some kind of proportional representation. Yeah, and, and Otherwise, if, if this is uh, coupled with a move to a, a nonpartisan race so that the, the, the primary is not, within the party that it's, you know, a, a citywide primary that, that then goes to, you know, the, the top X number of candidates uh, across the board that, that could, that could help uh, mediate some of that need for, for having multiple rounds, not, not rounds in the sense that we were talking with, with ranked choice voting, but, you know, having multiple election days leading up to the, the final election. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I picked maybe limit it to seven candidates. I don't know why I put seven, but I feel like that's, uh, that's, I, most uh, like a lot of the multi-party democracies have like seven, uh, you know, seven big parties, seven reasonable parties. And uh, I, I feel like it, it seems so, like somewhere a lot, around there. But we definitely have a bias towards yeah. having had two meaningful parties for pretty much our whole life. So I, I think we could probably right. adjust. No, I think I think seven choices is is doable in general. But that's based on, you know, that's based on human nature. That's sort of a question that we'll we'll have to figure out. I feel like. 13 is probably too much, um, and three, you could probably do a little more. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Um, 
Yeah, because you don't want the number of ballot configurations to get unwieldy because that uh, makes the process a lot less, uh, you know, a, a lot less auditable, and um, and then there's too much com- research that you need to complete the ranking. I think that the mail-in vote counting is a problem. I don't know why it's taking so long, and it's also crazy that they need to wait ten days for the vote, um, and then take another couple weeks to count it. So something's got to be done about that. And then finally. Like, there should be some receipts. Maybe this could be done cryptographically where it's like, you know, I don't know how... uh, They don't keep how each individual voted, but they keep how each... uh, They have, like, a code number for each person, and only you know your code number, so you could actually look up your vote. Something like that to ensure that, um, you know, votes are counted correctly uh, and, and that individuals can check because I feel like there's just a lot of questions about our voting system that, you know, it's not good enough to say like, you know, don't question them. They're the experts and they're, they're doing a good job. I know it, we are smart enough. We should be able to come up with a system where people can verify that this is correct. Yeah. I, I, I don't like the idea of being able to change your vote after the fact, especially. No, if, no, no. Well, cause not I'm, change it, but I'm thinking of like, uh, what was it? The, they, they talked about curing ballots in, in the last election and primarily like if, if, if if you have a way of tracking to your individual uh, vote, then, uh, you know, if, if yours is one of those that comes up with you filled it out wrong, instead of putting someone, you know, two candidates as your first and second choice, you accidentally mark, mark them both as your first choice. It, the system right. can't properly process it. They could reach out to you and, and see what was your actual intention. Can you can you clear this up for us? Uh, I don't feel great about that in the context of you know there will certainly be preliminary results you know the the first night and so now I now I can I can update how I actually want my vote to be uh, based on on who's leading um, there's there's probably some things you can do to mitigate that but but it it, it, it raises my hackles a little bit being able to to do that after the fact um, but yeah but, no I'd be against that and and and, and it, it raises a little bit of a question. Obviously, it's it's better to know that they counted your vote correctly than to not know. But what do you do then if you it turns out they counted your vote incorrectly? If you know you 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 go up and you you look up cryptogra- cryptographically and the you know it wasn't just that I filled out the form wrong. It's that something went wrong in the system and you just counted it wrong. How do you yeah. how do you rectify that? And and may, <laughs> maybe there there's some paths there, but it's. I, I almost get the impression that it, it's it's just going to tell you that they screwed up, but not give you a path to to uh, to fix yeah. it. No, that that's actually. I mean, I don't want to get into it, but I, I actually there was a there was an election in New York back in oh six oh eight, I think, and I I tested their system a little bit, and it 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 uh, I I know they counted my vote incorrectly. It wasn't a vote that mattered, but um, but that that's definitely happened to me. Um, you just got to believe me on this. I I, I proved that they. They screwed up the counting. Um, so uh, that is interesting. But yeah, you're right. You, there has to be some kind of, um, you know, there has to be some kind of system where if the votes are not there correctly, it has to be investigated and 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 corrected for the next time. Yeah, I mean, this, this, um, this is what people have been talking about for a number of elections with uh, concerns about going to electronic voting. And, you know, we need a paper trail and you, and you should get, you know, some sort mm-hmm. of receipt when you, when you, when you place your vote. And uh, that's, that's not going to be solved, certainly on a nationwide uh, basis, anytime soon, given the distributed nature of our elections. Um, and, yeah. and, and there, there are, there are a lot of things that, that could stand to be, uh, 
improved and fixed in, in how we do elections across the country. Yeah, I, I just don't understand the attitude of trust us, there are no bugs. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that's always my but famous you, you've last You've worked word. on software. So, of course there are never any yeah. bugs. Everything <laughs> works right the first time. Yep, yep, for sure. You just got to wait All right. a little longer. So, <laughs> so any less, any, um, it's not a bug, it's a feature. Uh, <laughs> any less, any, uh, any, further takeaways on this? I think I got my thing out or any, any more questions or are we I, good to go? So I think I know the answer to this, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway to clarify. So when, yeah. when, well, I, I, I guess it wouldn't matter because, uh, uh, come the, the, uh, the actual election, not the primary in the fall, there are only two candidates. So there's, there's ranked choice voting would have no, uh, no relevance there. Right. And, and there is no ranked choice yeah. voting for the fall. It's just, it's back to plurality again. Uh, Sliwa versus, uh, you know, could be Eric Adams, could be Garcia. Has New and, York City uh, ever had uh, a, a viable third party candidate for mayor? Yes. Yes. Actually, did, did Bloomberg run as an independent at one point. Yes, but he was cross endorsed by the Republicans. Yeah. OK, so that doesn't really um, count. Yeah. No, there was uh, I think in the 60s, there was a. Uh, oh, let's look this up because there was a, a candidate from the conservative party of New York that actually did pretty well. Hmm. Let me see. Uh, mayoral, uh, 19, I don't know. Let's, uh, was, let's was that a I New think. York state only party? Kind of like how, uh, is it, is it Minnesota that has the, uh, the Democrat farmers party? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Okay. William F. Buckley ran as a conservative. Now he was not going to win. Now, uh, is, but, is this William but, F. Buff, the William F. Buckley of, was it the national review? Yes. He ran for mayor in 1965 under the Conservative Party and got 13% of the vote. Hmm. So that's actually quite a lot. Yeah, for for a third party candidate, that's, that's an unusually strong yeah. showing. But. And, then, uh, and then in 1969, uh, actually a third party candidate win, John Lindsay of the Liberal Party won versus a Democrat and a Republican. Hmm. So... Yes, there was a there was something called the Liberal Party uh, that I believe in like the 90s crossed endorsed Giuliani, actually. So there was some kind of moderate party at some point, although these little parties in New York, you never really they have a name, but they're always captured by like these small group of people who decide to do whatever they want. to Right. Do. You can't assume so that, not... that a party from 50 years ago is actually has any of no. the same positions of a party with the same name today necessarily. No, well it also might not be liberal like there's um there was the the uh, uh there's the, always the workers party um and the um the uh what was it the the working families party hmm. uh WFP and then um Cuomo created the women's equality party WEP and people uh, I'm sure there was no confusion at all there. No, no. People <laughs> speculated that he did that on purpose to confuse people who wanted to vote for WFP into voting for WEP instead. Um, and so that's how screwed up some of this stuff is. You, you got to get a name change before you get on the ballot to, uh, to leverage <laughs> somebody else's name recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's it's literally like one line of difference. It's, <laughs> it's insane. Um, uh, but that's that's... That's the kind of shenanigans that go on with ballots and all that. So, uh, 
Yeah, another way that like your, your, your kind of your perfect mathematical model of how an election should work doesn't uh, doesn't always pan out in the real world. But all right, I, I think this is an interesting test case, and I'm sure it will come up later, and I'm sure we'll talk about it when the uh, when the actual candidate gets selected. I know we also want to talk about the the billionaires going to space. We want to go to hyper local to like interstellar or inner whatever interplanetary, uh, but uh, maybe we'll do that next time. So uh, yeah, uh, I, I think. Uh, I, I think that's it for today. I think that's all we can handle. Um, I think we're good. Anything less? Or are we good to go? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on these things as they develop. And, uh, you know, you, you, you heard it here first. Uh, we'll, we'll have more in the future. <laughs> all right. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support the local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at Maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.